I thought emo was so 2005. So last week we talked all about what is emo, but this week we're talking about what is emo. Welcome to episode seven of Kids from Yesterday podcast. Um, if you've just joined us, maybe this is your first episode. I will bring you up to speed. My name is Cloda. My name is Courtney. And we talk about all things emo culture. And today, specifically, we're talking all things emo culture. Uh, so emo is not just music. Uh, there's emo films, books, YouTubers, emo clothes. Um, and we're going to kind of delve back into our youth and talk about some of our favourite things from our emo even delvent our youth like that's a new thing we don't do every episode oh absolutely we're not. doing it again yes um so to start with i mean a thing we do quite regularly on this podcast is we read books yes but we read things we find kind of science or evidence to kind of support what we're saying yeah um so last week we read andy greenwald's um nothing feels good and it was kind of looking at the roots of emo culture and then for this week, I read a book called Everybody Hurts by Leslie Simon and Trevor Kelly. Um, this was written in 2006, I think, or 2007. Yeah, published in 2007. And Andy Greenwald, who had written that last book, did a foreword to this. So he was talking about kind of the history that he'd repeated in the first book. Yeah. But also now he was talking about like Hot Topic and MySpace and um, like Live Journal and like bringing up my chemical romance and like panic disco going platinum and stuff and like how much the scene has changed and like it had changed in four years which is wild but um this book that i read it was written by two people who worked for alternative press so at the time leslie simon was the managing editor and trevor kelly was a leading contributor and he'd written for like spin enemy and harp um and like leslie had written for e online and teen people and um so it was essentially like a guide, like a how-to guide to emo. I remember we were talking last week about like, yeah. we want there to be a guide, a how-to guide to emo. And um, here it is. And here it is. Um, f- probably for the first time I thought of like reading stuff, I just thought this wasn't the best thing in the world. Oh, okay. um, Like it split up really nicely. Like it's like kind of an anthology of what emo is. So they split things up into ideology, into hair, into fashion into like films books everything that people consider to be emo like and then there's a whole section on how to write an emo blog post uh, which we might do in our tumblr just oh, wow. for just for yeah. the crack um, we'll follow the formula yeah like the only thing i found weird about this and i actually found an article um it's called everybody still hurts the story behind the essential guide to emo culture 10 years later so this was th- this book that i'm talking about um so leslie talked about meeting trevor kelly for the first time and what it was like to work with him and she thought he was kind of weird and like quirky and stuff Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see that in the book but like there's random accounts of like i think there were like seven separate incidents of fat shaming 
one random thing about like Hilary Duff is too thin and it's like well you don't like fat people you don't like thin people <laughs> what do you like <laughs> what is it that you want sir um and there was just like weird shit that like if you were to write this book now it wouldn't it wouldn't would happen okay um so to take it at face value we're just going to look at kind of the different parts of it that I yeah. thought were interesting um so <laughs> to them core emo values are depression okay which, yeah um effortlessness so they were like well you know you have to make effort to look like you rolled out of bed but like yeah yeah, so like you had to put some effort into it because you couldn't actually roll out of bed because your hair wouldn't look the way you want it to look Mm -hmm. if you did that um empathy which i agree i I think think that's in there um they said faith um which is what emo followers when emo (laughs) (laughs) sir When emo followers believe in something, they believe in it 110%. They were like a girl named Holly Hawks really did inspire the Save the Day song, Holly Hawks, Forget Me Nots. Um, Morrissey really does have his own MySpace. <laughs> Your prom date really isn't someone you're related to. I mean, it's just shit like that that I'm like, why is that in there? That's, yeah. That's, yeah, it's weird. Um, but then they were like, insecurity, and again... And then non-athleticism, which, yeah, that was, like, an emo thing. Like, you don't... I remember the, yeah. even the beginning to the I'm not okay. You can't sing, you can't dance, you don't know karate. Like, yeah. I feel like that was real, like, you know, you can't run because you ruined my eyeliner or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they kind of went into, like, emo ancestors. So their hypothesis is that Shakespeare was emo. And I'm like... I can see that. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but they were like, this is what Paddock the Disco is trying to dress like. And you're like, well, that... Um, no. Like, I know I had, a, like, a frilly blouse that I used to wear. It was, like, a like a gold, like, not, like, bright gold. It was, like, an understated gold frilly blouse that I used to call my Ryan Ross blouse because, yeah, it was, it was so cute. <laughs> I was so small and so cute. Um, the Jane Eyre, Emily Dickinson, Holden Caulfield, uh, Buddy Holly, not the song, the person, um, Molly Ringwald. Um, they do this, like, whole section of, like, emo fact versus emo fiction so they were like being emo means you don't have any friends uh emo refers to a genre of music not a lifestyle and they were like well that's false because it is a lifestyle <laughs> it's not a phase mom <laughs> the hard fact to our first episode which you haven't listened to yet is available wherever you get your podcasts um and then they're like being emo uh being called emo is an insult and they're like well it was but like during emo's early days in fact it was nearly impossible to find any band that would take being called emo lying down but like at the time that this book was written nobody wanted to be called emo like jared wade did how many interviews so he was like my chemical romance is not an emo band like fuck that that's a load of bollocks i'm pretty sure he didn't say fuck that that's a load of bollocks but you know that was <laughs> the so many words that was the sentiment yes. um and it was about crying and about like etiquette and mannerisms and like how to be cool at like shows so like if you're buying merch like don't put it on straight away that's such a poser thing to do and oh it's just like gosh. weird stuff that you're like that is exactly the attitude back in the day but just now, if people were going around saying this, you'd be like, yeah, what? what? But it's really weird to look back again and just think that that's how people acted. Yeah. So they said, um, Rites of Spring were the first emo band. That's summer in 1985. And then they talked about the Smiths. And so they did like a timeline, basically. So it's 1985, then the Smiths in 1986. And then they kept talking about Morrissey's like celibacy thing but like hasn't Marcy been like I'm asexual or whatever so it was yeah. just like a real disregard for his sexuality yeah and the other thing that I find really interesting in this too is that there was a whole 
thing at this point where a lot of emo guys were like I'm bisexual and that was like the big thing that yes. like all these MySpace people were like I'm bisexual and there was no mention of like that sexuality and you're like how can you write an entire book about emo and not feature sexuality because that was definitely such a massive thing I mean it was not obviously not the most prominent part of it but it was definitely a big enough part of emo culture to include it because I feel like that was my first understanding and insight into sexuality was through emo music and through Pete Wentz and yeah and like gender and like yeah. guys wearing eyeliner and nail varnish and that yeah. being fine and it being like this is not just like things are not gendered here this is I mean like David Bowie was like the first person to mm-hmm. well not the first but like at that time Bowie was like subverting this whole expectation of what male singers were supposed to do so his style was very androgynous and I feel like emo kind of held on to that a little bit definitely yeah and this book just doesn't talk about it which I find so strange and they're really obsessed with Morrissey for some reason um but they went through like different types of emo so they thought there was like a trustafarian emo which is like basically a kid um who like eats vegan but they're not vegan and they like indie rock music and they're like found in liberal leaning environments whatever and they like um the flaming lips and you're like that's not emo and they're like indie emo and then they're like they love high fidelity and they love radiohead and muse and death cat for cutie and block party and cigarette i forgot muse was like i forgot they were part of the emo thing as well like their first album maybe yeah but after that they were just a, a rock band a thing unto themselves kind of then they said christian emo i find we make playlists every week to go with our episodes and every time i go to add more songs to the playlist i get a whole section with christian rock for you <laughs> and oh. i'm like you trying to tell me something sir is that what you're at <laughs> so christian emo so they made up of uh some of the most devout fans around many of whom continue to be huge proponents of even the most obscure bands on the christian indie label tooth and nail which apparently was a thing um christian emo fans do not drink they will only sometimes flat iron their hair and um they're just kind of shit talking them so they're like oh they like under oath i love under oath under oath are great um, and they like further seems forever and pleasures of the lion and so and then the next one is 80s emo so they like cobra starship uh i feel attacked already <laughs> i knew you would <laughs> they like cobra starship they like head automatica they like men women and children and nightmare on you um known for their asymmetrical haircuts and an affinity for neon colored clothing the 80s emo set is not to be confused with fans of emo music from the 80s as there are completely separate terms used to describe such people old is the first one that comes to mind like haha i love the humor of your books they're like just calm down um in this much younger set stylistic cues are pulled from the new wave culture most of the 80s emo set wasn't alive to see firsthand think checkered bands inch wide leather ties and a love for contemporary east coast indie rock bands who sing in fake british accents i think of all these archetypes 80s emo is probably the most like closest to the scene kids yes Uh, because you think of like remember drop dead back in the day was all like neon stuff and it Mm -hmm. had the drop dead cat and it was all like super bright and kind of horrible to look at but that's what everybody wanted so like the checkered vans you can kind of see it and yeah that kind of colorful stuff um and leg warmers were a thing yes like some emo girls wore tutus and it was all very bright and loud and stuff so i guess that's the closest i'm including cobra starship there Uh, Maybe it's, maybe it's not an attack club. <laughs> maybe it's okay. <laughs> then they said the frat emo, um, which are like dudes who were like in college and then they like Jimmy Eat World and Take Back Sunday. 
yellow card all american rejects and like I, that was a lot of the things in our last episode andy grimwell talked a lot about guys who were like oh we play football on thursdays and on fridays we go and we cry in a basement over yeah. this band and but like it's it's cool dude like whatever bro and i don't think that really exists so much anymore i guess those are the pop punk kids of today. yeah i feel like this kind of you know the the stereotypical who who's who these emos are i think it, it's a very american way to break them down yeah. because ireland is so small we're all the one type of emo. yeah we're just we're like you know it depends who you are you're going to call us emos you're going to call us goth but we're all kind of the same we're the one person yeah um and then they had goth emo so they were like going oh people who look like um the helena video or okay. um and they're like, we watched it and we're like, dude, I'm so going to rock that shade of eyeshadow. And if people are making vampire jokes when you're around, they probably mean you. And like, you listen to Misfits and From First to Last and Aiden and Susan Stage era Ackman Trio. And then there's the Machismo emo. So they're like, it's this, it's like normal emo, but it's not. And they apparently like From Autumn to Ashes, Midtown, Glassjaw, Census Fell. So I feel like these are the, the emo we talked about in the last episode that mm. original type of emo person um but midtown singer gabe supporta gets a mensch hard eyes hard Clo- eyes Clota's favorite um and then they're talking about um they're an overconfident former jockey gets laid all the time and occasionally as in the case of former midtown singer gabe supporta writes searing punk rock anthems about it surprisingly your typical machismo emo is it machismo or machismo? Machismo. I've never heard that word before, so you're on your own <laughs> no, there, Courtney. Know, yeah. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, these types, um, cocksure attitude isn't hampered by the fact that he's still in his mid-twenties and still lives with his parents. Like, I object to that because there is an economic crisis happening right now. People can't afford to live by themselves. <laughs> <in> with their <laughs> People are homeless, okay? You don't need to attack us so much, Trevor. Jesus. Um, and they're like prog emos and this is like they're all fat and they like these bands and you're like yeah cool good take good job these are people who like uh, Chiodos and Coheed and Cambria and for some reason they're wearing sandals and tiny shorts and I I don't understand but this is what I mean about the random fat shaming you're just like I don't like why I don't but again that's so American yeah definitely and then they're like oh there's ex-hardcore emos these are the ones that like would have liked Minor Threat and okay. then started liking like emo bands, but they're hardcore emo bands. So they were like, well, Silverstein and Set Your Goals and fucking Rise Against. You know Rise Against? Yes. Yes. One of my favorites. Set Your Goals. I forgot about that. Set Your Goals. <laughs> and then Early Thursday, who we talked about last week okay. too. And then they're like old country emo. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I guess because we don't have that here. Do they <laughs> yeah. like Taylor Swift? But they like Ryan Adams. Drive by truckers, Wilco and Limbeck. And I guess like they would have grown into I don't like I can't picture any of this happening. Like, no. What is going on? <laughs> like in the picture I can see like the, the illustration. She's wearing cowboy boots and I'm just what? I mean like there was obviously Cassidy Pope from him one day. Like yes. she she's a country singer now. So like I guess it exists, but Yeah. I just feel like I'm like a crossover of many of these people. Yeah, I don't I feel like there's no definable way one of them. category anymore. No. Especially as the bands that we hear of now are all on major labels. So yeah. the only way you're going to hear about them is when somebody has pumped a lot of money into them. 
Um, so yeah, I guess like stuff like that's really weird. Um, and then they went through and talked about like what's emo, what's not emo. And then at the time they were like Ashley Simpson's kind of emo because we think she was with Pete Wentz at one point. And it's like spoiler alert, they have a child together, <laughs> and she was so fucking emo. Like, yeah, Ashley she Simpson was. was so cool. I remember getting like, I don't know what the magazine was. It was some like American magazine. Uh, no, it was an English magazine, and there was, like, a cool photo of her wearing, like, a black dress, and she had, like, ballet slippers on, and I was like, she's so awesome. <laughs> I want to be her so badly. I think the same thing was talking about American Idiot, um, but that was just really cool at the time, and they're like, John Mayer is not emo. Jared Leto is emo. <laughs> Henry oh Duff, gosh. not emo, because she's so thin, and you're just like... Yeah. Leave her yeah, alone. Like, leave her alone, please. And then, yeah, I don't know. A lot of it is like kind of categorizing everything, but it's in a way that doesn't really work. And I feel like if this was to be written today, this breakdown of stuff that emos do is is not great. But we kind of came up with our own. Yeah, it seems kind of very, very, very Americanized. Yeah. Uh, obviously, because they're American authors, but it's it's like one long article. I yeah. feel Where they tried to break everything down into like a listicle. And it just didn't really work. But we came up with our own stuff. So, I mean, what do you remember, like, back in the day? What, did you read as a teenager? Yes. I remember back in the day, everybody being obsessed with The Bell Jar and Catherine the Rye and The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yes. And that was kind of the... The emo feel books. Yeah. And, like, I didn't read The Bell Jar until I was 21. Yeah, I only read it recently like, as well. in the middle of a nervous breakdown. And I was like, I relate to this so <laughs> hard. Um, I mean, yeah, I was, like, also in hospital at the time. And I was like, wow, this is so relatable. She was in a hospital. Um, good book, though. I liked it. Yeah. And um, Catching the Rye I read relatively recently as well. I still haven't read The Perks of Being a Wallflower um, or watched the film. Oh, okay. I've seen the film. I haven't read the book. What did you think of it? Um, like, it's one of those, like, typical teenage stories, I guess, in a sense that it's just, there's nothing standout-ish for me that as, like, oh, this is a special story because of X, Y, and Z. Um, I was always a huge fan of, um, like, John Hughes and the Brat Pack. So, on, when I was going through... I need to stop saying when I was going through my emo phase, okay? When I was younger. Take a shot when Clona tries to claim she's not so emo. <laughs> yeah. um, when I was younger, I was, yeah, I was very interested in that and um, Tim Burton films. So yeah. I wasn't really watching, I guess, films like Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, I've watched Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink numerous times. Um, and of course, we can't talk about books. Or films without mentioning Twilight. Yeah. And like that was my thing as a kid. Because I was I fucking loved YA and I read Around Me and Rings. Like the to to me, like emo books at the time were Twilight and this series by Sarah Reese Brennan. She's an Irish author, but I think she was living in New York when she Mm -hmm. wrote the series. And like she's friends with kind of all the other emo authors that were kind of building at that time. So she wrote a series called The Demon's Lexicon. And it was about, like, a girl who meets a guy and he's so, like, mysterious and weird. And it turns out he's actually, like, half demon. And, like, it was just super, super emo. And, like, I really want to read the books again because I imagine how I'd react to it. But the thing I loved about it was she was, like, small and she had pink hair and she wore corsets. And she was kind of bigger as well. Like, so she was real, like, curvy and, like... It was, like, the first time I'd read a book where, like, she wasn't, like, thin and waif-like and clumsy and everybody loved her. She was just, like, super fucking cool. Um, I love those books a yeah. lot. 
I yeah, the Twilight one. I I actually never heard that series until you told me about it earlier today. Um, but the Twilight series, like that was for me as well. Part of my introduction, I guess, to some of the emo music was through Twilight, in the sense yeah. that Decode by Harmore. Yeah. Um, Muse, although I never really liked them. Um, you know, there was a lot of songs that were on the first Twilight um soundtrack that were from emo bands um on stephanie meyer's website she used to do like playlists to go with the books mm-hmm. so they're like all the songs she listened to while she was writing each of the books and that's how i found like lincoln park and that's how i found muse and that's how i found like so many different bands that i never would have heard of before then because yeah. nobody i knew was talking about it um and i know we've mentioned like twilight on this podcast before but i, I just think that was like the pinnacle of emo for me at the time and like it blew into this massive obviously like mainstream yeah. thing but it was just like for a kid who loved wearing black yeah like it was just like everything's black and red and it's so cool and thematically like perfect and stuff and yeah. it was just yeah that was one of my favorite things and there was the whole i guess thing of like the the emo quotes about love like you know forbidden love and oh i can't tell him <laughs> how i feel about him um and like now you look well. back on them now and you're like they're so creepy this is so wrong yeah so it's... the lion fell in love with the lamb like dude she's not prey like stop it that's really creepy and it's like Prince enforcing Royal, this yeah. yeah it's yeah it's horrible but there were some amazing um emo movies i guess um jennifer's body yes oh my god megan fox that was first of all it was an amazing movie because i guess it was kind of it was part of that like supernatural kind of thing but also the soundtrack was incredible yeah it was amazing and um like the fucking new perspective like the pancreas yes this was like post pretty odd as well when we thought they were gone and then him and spencer came back like with that and it was beautiful but that i love that story as well and the reason i think it's so emo is because um like when we talk about the whole concept of like bisexuality and like all of these bands bringing in this idea that like it's actually okay that like Mm -hmm. you're not the same as everybody else like showing a bisexual woman i mean like megan fox kind of gets like typecast a lot into like slutty bisexual roles yeah but it was still really cool to have like girls on screen together because that's so unheard of unless it's sort of a male gazy type thing um but yeah, I love that film. I haven't watched it in years. I actually should watch it again I haven't soon. seen it in a long time. I've been trying to find the soundtrack on Spotify, but it's not there. Um, but incredible. Um, another one was Alice in Wonderland. That film. That, had, yeah. that soundtrack was emo from top to tail. It was All Time Low, yeah. Mark Hoppus, Fall Out Boy, I think, had a song on it as well. Not sure, but... But we're going to add this. This is all going to be in our playlist. You will have heard this already. So if you found the songs, they'll be in the playlist. They'll be in the playlist. Another thing as well, were you into True Blood? No. Okay, I feel like that was a huge part of being emo for me as well. I loved True Blood. That was like, I was obsessed with that book series. Um, Read all the books, watched... I think I've watched... I've actually watched every series apart from the last one. And I I was like, I don't want to watch it because that's just the end for me. I can't do it. Um, and I've been trying I have got like the first couple of seasons on DVD to watch again but for me that was like pinnacle emo like for you. pinnacle emo like I bought all the merch I remember like the true blood so if you don't know the story it's, it's kind of like a, a twilight in a way that it's like a vampire and human is relationship is this um, Charlotte Harris yes yeah this is the Suki Sakos yes yes yes, yes. Yeah, so you no, know the story I know yeah so they have 
anyway, one part of the story is that the vampires, because they're integrating into society, they can buy synthetic blood. So I bought like, but it was like fizzy orange, but I bought it from like America and got it shipped over. I had the bottles for years. Like the, the stuff tasted shy. It was disgusting. <laughs> But I like Clodagh bought blood. I bought, I bought synthetic blood on the internet. Um, <laughs> like I loved True Blood. I, I that reminds there used to be a series and it was like a one. So when I was in school, I had a friend who like her Just and the her, one. No, 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 I did. I had one friend. Don't oh, bully no. me about my my sad years. No, um, and like her and her parents were really cool. And like her parents would be like, "Hey, have you heard this band?" So like I got introduced to like the Smiths and to the Clash and like, but also to Paramore and to like mm. all of these bands through her parents. Because they were so like, cool. yeah, they were awesome. Like, there's so many bands that I never would have heard of if they weren't like, hey, give me your iPod and just download music from our iTunes or whatever. Um, but we used to, so she introduced me to Supernatural, mm-hmm. the show, which like, yeah, I tried well. to, I tried to rewatch it recently because I loved it so so much as like a 15, 14, 15 year old. And I can't because it's so male centric and now like through a feminist lens I'm like I physically can't do this and it's a pity because I've watched some of my favourite episodes yeah. and I'm like this is great but overall and because I know what's coming because I have another friend who still watches it and she's on like season 16 or whatever the hell they're on now and she's like oh yeah like this is is that still going? they're on their final season now okay so I know it's coming in in Supernatural so I haven't really been able to go back into it but the same friend like we watched like I mean it was shows that kept getting cancelled but there was a show that was an awful lot like True Blood and it was called Moonlight and it was um, like it only ever made one season and it was like this vampire detective and it was played by Axel Auckland and I remember her being like he's really hot and I'm like he looks like he's really old and then it was like my, my first ever like oh my god hot dad moment like before the word dilf was a thing <laughs> i was just like oh my god he is really attractive and like it was the same kind of concept like he was he bought blood like in bags from blood banks okay and like he keeps them in his fridge and he wouldn't eat people or whatever and then they only ever made one season and i'd say it's because it was so close to true blood that yeah. they were like this is pointless and there was another show called dollhouse which i think they only made like two or three seasons of which i i think the premise of it was basically um like this house full of people and they were kind of in like suspended animation and then they get hired out to wealthy clients so they'd end up on like missions or they could be like romantic stuff so it was kind of like sex workers but like okay. I don't know it was produced by Joss Whedon so that's kind of why it's weird I think because you know you know but it was Eliza Eliza Dushku you know Faith from Buffy no, but okay. No, she has never watch watched Buffy, Buffy, which is quite sad. I mean, I watched it when I was like super, super teeny tiny. Yeah. And then I watched it again really recently. And some of it holds up. Some of it really doesn't. But um, Buffy was great. And But I feel like that was kind of slightly post-emo, but still a little bit emo. Because mm. it was, you know, vampires and it was dark or whatever. I definitely feel like the Chilling Tales of, or Chilling Adventures of Sabrina would be an emo show had it been out. Then. Oh yeah, like, like it now it's been, like yeah, it would have been peak emo back in the day. Um, I'm trying to think what else films. I felt Tim Burton. Oh, old Tim Burton. Oh, I was upset. I ha- think I have every single Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, Lena Bonham Carter collaboration on DVD. Like they were like kind of they worked together a lot. They're my favorite trouble. Yeah, they were until Johnny Depp happened. Um, I used to love him. I think I like I have so many of his films and so many of his films yep. with Tim Burton as well. Um, 
at home, but they they didn't age well. No. So, but yeah, that kind of emo, they were... Speaking of things that didn't age well, American Beauty, Kevin Spacey. I know who Kevin Spacey is, and I know what happened, but I don't know about American Beauty. Oh, American Beauty, like people, you know, like Fallout Boy did the whole American Beauty, American Psycho thing. Yes. Uh, But American Beauty is regarded as like an emo film, because it's like... I've never heard of this one before. Um, when you watch the thing, it's like this dude who's like in a marriage and his wife doesn't love him and like his daughter doesn't care about him and then he's at like a high school game and then he falls in love with one of the cheerleaders on his daughter's like cheerleading okay. squad and like the whole film is really fucking weird and then there's like, but there's like scenes where people are watching a plastic bag float around on the screen, which I assume is where the Katy Perry song came from. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever filmed and it's just a plastic bag swirling around for 15 minutes and it's it's really odd. But that's regarded as an emo film for reasons. But just because it's Kevin Spacey mm. in love with a child and you're like... I can see how some of these emo films are about older men falling in love with yeah. young women and it's weird because when we talked about our... We did an episode of Misogyny a couple of episodes ago and... The whole thing we talked about was how emo was this thing created by men, but for women. Yeah. And I kind of, it's weird to see that kind of... Yeah. I mean, it's it's image. been there forever. Like, the, um, a book I read as a, as a child that now I'm like, it's quite emo. And I read it again recently. It's um, Fire and Hemlock by um, Diana Wynne-Jones. And the premise of it is basically this 19-year-old girl is looking back on memories she's forgotten about from when she was 10 when she met this guy, Thomas Lane. So it's based on the Tom Lane poems. Okay. On Thomas the Rhymer. Um, but, like, when she's 19, he's 33. She met him when he was 24 and she was 10 and she falls in love with him and then they get together at the end of the book. I mean, spoiler alert, but, like, it's really creepy. And I remember being 8 or 9 when I read this first. I'm being like, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. That and it's like, scared yeah. the life out of me. Yeah, I'm I, like, even now, I'm like, oh, blah. Um, but like, she was pretty emo author. Like, it's real, like, kind of gothic fantasy, I guess. Mm. But it's that same thing that just seems to be pervasive, and people are like, this is actually fine. It's fine for children to be in love with adults. It's not. That is pedophilia. It's, it's not okay. That's not okay. And it's as well as kind of that trope. There is the supernatural or the the odd character. Like, you know, you're the the person who's kind of an outcast of society because they're so strange. Like the demon barber. Oh, Fleet Street. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, yes. That was my, my friend Anne-Marie is, like, obsessed with Jake Gyllenhaal. And I can see that because everything Jake Gyllenhaal has ever been in is really weird. Yes. And in a great way. But, like, every single character he's ever played is, like, sensationally odd. Yeah. And I remember her being like, you need to watch Donnie Darko. And I loved it when I did. But it's so, it's, like... I don't know quintessential emo because it's just it's yeah I kind of again I watched that because I was like everyone all the all the emos were into it so I watched it not because I was like oh I think I'd like this film um but I watched it just it's been a long time since I've seen it so I kind of I just remember the scene of him being in the cinema with the the giant rabbit or am I making that up? <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, that is a thing. I'm just <laughs> like that's all I remember. Cinema with giant rabbit. Um. And I think the biggest thing about the book that I read is that it was pre-Twitter, pre-YouTube being a thing, and pre-like MySpace, yeah, and pre-Tumblr, and pre-all these like monuments of emo. 
um I think it may have even been pre-live journal I'm not no it wasn't I mean live journal was there but like myspace wasn't really a thing there were all these youtubers that were emo so you had like the people from my digital escapes like johnny gilbert and lena bunny and i think eugenie cooney was involved in that um and then like on our side of the pond there was like dan and phil and like stephen byrne um i think that was kind of bry 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 yeah bry like he was as well um and then there was like the whole apartment red thing yes that we were (laughs) revisiting a little while ago it's very strange very strange like looking back i mean that was content and like it's really weird like watching videos that i adored and i rewatched and rewatched in 2008 2009 and now i'm like oh god how did this pass is like content, content. how was this on rte no shade no shade, no at, shade all. at all no <laughs> but it's really funny and i know like stephen burton who was 365 days he's talked so much like on instagram stories about how much he hates being reminded so sorry we're doing this to you but how much he hates yeah because he listens to us every <laughs> week more in case somebody brings it up to him i think no one of his friends listens to this or he, he has listened to it anyway just in case he's like um they're bitching about you <laughs> <laughs> please don't tell him Golly. <laughs> but like he's like i hate looking back and remi- being reminded even though like so many good things come out of it yeah um, you could imagine like I'm i sure. can understand that yeah like if i like I, I get where he's coming from because i'd be completely scarlet as well but also, like, don't be ashamed of it because it got you where you are. Yeah. I feel like I'd be just as embarrassed looking back at, like, the things that me and my friends filmed when we were kids, making music videos. and Yeah. And, like, the things you the did likes. and, like, yeah. the, the, the way you carried on. Like, you just, when you look back at it now, you're like, oh, God. But, like, you were having the time of your fucking life yeah. back then. So. Yeah. And, like, I know I've seen, like, old Facebook posts and stuff where I've just gone, oh, my God. Yeah. She done no harm, yeah. so. And I don't want to even delve into my old Tumblr, to be honest. I'll have to at some point just to see what's back there. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, no. I imagine it's very angsty and very terrible. I wish I did that whole Tumblr thing. I didn't re- keep track record of my feelings. I feel like <laughs> it would be fun to look back on now, though. Pretty sure I have, like, shitty poetry up there and everything. Like, it's Aww. just, yeah, no, it's it's not a good place. Uh, but I can I can totally understand being embarrassed of it yeah but like speaking of dan and phil actually they um they're making they're making leaps and bounds in terms of like i feel like they're the perfect um like on the venn diagram of people who listen to them there's like the emo kids who don't have like representation yeah because i mean there are like lgbt like singers and stuff but there's nobody that's like into the same things that they are they're like the perfect subgroup of like the nerds and the emos like these yes. are the people that watch them but um dan posted a 45 minute video like a coming out video but it wasn't just like oh i'm gay here's the whatever it's like he talked about like why he prefers queer as his label and why it was so difficult for him to tell anybody um and then phil posted one like two days ago yeah no he didn't he posted one about a week ago it's coming out next week <laughs> <laughs> so phil posted a video um last week as well kind of where he said like oh i'm gay and like I'm kind of out to everybody so here's me coming out to you and like this is you know when you're gay you have to come out to everybody all the time and it was just like really really nice to see and I feel like that's because their fans are overwhelmingly like LGBT kids who look to them as like this perfect I mean this is what we were talking about like needing representation in emo they are the perfect representation of like a like a supportive friendship to begin with and also a supportive like couple where it's like you know you you share success and you're just really kind and it's really wholesome and it's really lovely like i don't know i, I love them so much <laughs> no i always have like i've watched yeah. them for years and it's really nice to see this um 
and again I think this is just proof that emo isn't dead like there's there's always going to be somebody sad on the internet talking about their feelings yeah. and I think that's kind of what partially what they represent but like I loved that and like I never really watched my digital escape I've watched a few of Johnny Gilbert's videos where he kind of is like he's he, still he's still we'll show you a picture so I've just showed Claude a picture of what Johnny Gilbert looks like and he is exactly if you picture an emo that's what he looks like yeah I, I think I remember his face from like back in the day I didn't watch those YouTubers I was mainly into Irish and British ones yeah um when I was younger um and no that that never but I all like th- what's the other girl's name as well Eugenia or Lady Bunny Lady Bunny like I, I recognize your face from like Tumblr pics or when you google like emo girl or yeah girl, she like, always comes pops up, up. everywhere yeah. um and then Eugenia Crooney was part of my digital escape as well but I think part of her like fame was because she's been really ill for years and um but like she's disappeared offline for a while I think I was telling you about this a few weeks ago I was just about to say yeah. is this the same girl yeah you're she was about? really 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 like she looked really unwell and people were kept saying to her for years like you need to get help you need to get help and obviously something happened and she reached a point where she was like well I do need to mm. so she seems to have disappeared from online but her hairdresser posted photos of her the other day and she's got like like her side fringe is gone she's not wearing like emo clothes anymore and she just like she her face is kind of filled out and she looks healthier okay um and like she's wearing just like a blue top and like a necklace and she i don't know maybe she's done with the emo thing now maybe that was part of like her yeah an unhealthy thing for her but um it's cool and like i never liked her content that much um but like she was one of the people that people watched so when you talked about emo youtubers um and shane dawson oh my god shane dawson <laughs> Yes, he was actually probably one of the only American ones that I did watch. Um, he was just, in, like, he was an oddball in a good way. Yeah. In the sense that he was just creating quirky, strange content that was enjoyable because it was, like, just out there. Yeah, and, like, he's still doing it. And the, you have you watched the series he did with Jeffree Star? No. Oh, you need to. So, Jeffree Star is another one as well. So, like, if you think about all the MySpace queens, yeah. like, he was he was up there. Yeah. Um, and, like, very controversial, very intensely problematic. But I kind of really didn't have much of an opinion on him until I watched the Shane Dawson series. So, like, he swapped lives with Jeffree Star and, like, he kind of learned a lot about him. And it's like, you know, he went bankrupt after the MySpace thing because he tried to make a singing career happen. And then he was like, fuck it, I've got money again. I need to make this happen with my like um makeup line and like now he's like sitting on this fucking huge empire and it's just i didn't know i knew that there was like a, a documentary or something yeah um but i didn't realize it was that actually sounds really good no it's it's unreal like i honestly because my friend danny was like you need to watch this and i was like oh, i can't and she's like no watch it and then i watched one episode and i was like i need to watch this forever yeah so that was that great good um, but you remember all like the scene queens from yeah. MySpace. So you had um, like Van of Venom, who like you know the the picture of the girl with the um like the leopard print hair. Yeah, and the, yeah, and she's doing the the thing face. The rar. Yeah, that that's her. Rar XD. Um, and then like uh, Kiki Hannibal, who was like fourteen when that all happened, and it really fucked her up. Like I remember reading an article in two thousand eleven. Did you ever see that? We'll put yeah. it up on the Facebook. The article was in Rolling Stone and it was about, like, I mean, she was 14 mm. when she was, like, at her peak fame. Like, I think she was, like, 12 when she was first. 
on became my... famous okay. on MySpace. And, like, people used to write, like, oh, you fucking slut on, like, her house and stuff. And, like, she was modelling for, like, local, um, like, hairdressers and stuff. And, like, she was getting death threats all the time. And then there was, like, an incident where she, like... There, there was an incident and you can go read the article because it's quite upsetting um but it was just wild to read that kind of go like what these people do things outside of the internet yeah and then there was like audrey kitching um who's still yeah, going and then jack Vanek. yes she was like she hung out with all like we the kings and like autumn low and stuff and um i don't know if like there's like rumors that she dated alex gascars or not i don't i don't know but there was rumors that she's dated a lot of people and now she's just kind of she's got her own brand now um, that's pretty cool yeah no it is pretty cool and they've like I think it was actually Fanula J um, for the Daily Edge wrote a whole article about where they are now and so many of them are still kind of alternative but the article was from 2017 and it was where are your favourite MySpace queens now um, but yeah Audrey Kitching um, Hannah Beth okay, silence. obviously Jeffrey um, poor El Kiki Cannibal <laughs> Like, God love her. But she's just, like, a girl now. <laughs> Person. Yeah, I mean, she seems to be a blogger and she's got, like, I mean, she just posts about what she eats in a day and stuff. But, like, it's just wild. That was, like, these were, like, household names for us. Yeah. When we were... Teeny boppers. When we were youths. 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 Um, speaking of brands, actually, you had some interesting points. Yeah, so there was brands that everybody wanted to wear. Like, obviously... For me, when I came to emo clothes and fashion, um, there was no real specific like place that we bought our t-shirts or place that we bought our our trousers or whatever. Once it was black, basically. Once it was like. black. Um, obviously there was band tees. People in the area had shops like Hot Topic. Um, we had Asha, which I didn't get to frequent because I didn't come into Dublin as a as a youth. I bought one dress there and I was an adult by the time I got to buy it because <laughs> it was so expensive and it's kind of a front for drugs but like it's great it's yeah a, it's a it's a fucking I don't know it's still like peak emo shop yeah. um it's all we have it's so. all we have um obviously Converse were huge that's what everyone wore but so many bands or band members had like clothing lines so wasn't it Ollie Sykes had dropped out yeah um, he now has like actual physical stores like there's one in London in Soho and then there's one in Sheffield like I've been to, wow. I've been to both because I'm such a sap I didn't know they were still going because Josh yeah. Mitreski from You Meet Six had one um, Down by Night that's gone um, one of them I think Matt maybe had cheer up clothing yeah that's, that's gone and then I know Dan the drummer he had a band or he had a, a clothing line as well can't remember what that was called and I'm pretty sure it was like an Irish emo clothing line as well. I honestly couldn't Of tell t-shirts. You. I cannot remember. If you know, please let us know. I can't remember what it's called, but I remember, I remember a lot of people used to wear their t-shirts and they were like, yeah, they were on Bebo and all the cool kids like modeled for them and um, stuff like that. But as well as that, like a lot of people wore skull animals. Um, yeah that was hello kitty yeah. hello kitty fuck's sake so emo yeah, that was <laughs> so sweet. but it's like it, sh- it shouldn't have been but it was but like you remember as well like everybody loved like pokemon and like super mario and yeah. like uh, anything basically like colorful and bright and like that epitomized xdr mm. um good times but it, it was like you can nearly 
picture it was this weird explosion of like horrible color grossness yeah neon emos what we looked like is what blood and the dance force sound like yes pretty much <laughs> like i can't i can't imagine it any other way it's like cutesy but dark i think that was like it was like emily the strange like cutesy but dark emily the strange yes. yeah back in the day but there were so many like if you look at nearly any aspect of your life there is like an emo subgenre of it in a way like even if you look to like food and drinks monster monster pizza yeah we managed to make pizza emo somehow we managed to make it this you know an emo thing um like energy drinks in general like how the fuck was it like we're so sad and depressed that we actually cannot get ourselves out of bed and we must drink drink energy drinks i mean and that was my teen years i had to give it up quite recently i mean i am currently drinking we're both currently here with a kind of monster (laughs) sponsor us (laughs) we're open to sponsorships but like that that like i had to give it up i was literally drinking two cans a day and people were like that's so bad for you and i'm like you do cocaine (laughs) yeah don't you you come at me but i used to like know down to like the like a fucking science like what was a, a max amount of caffeine i could have in a day and like what counts as like the caffeine poisoning and wow the two cans are like way less you'd have to drink like a lot more than that yeah to, i think you'd have to drink like three or four before you'd get to a point but like i drink two and i'd never sleep wow oh my god that was emo culture sleep tonight that was emo culture <laughs> not being able to sleep and staying up all night writing and stuff then on needing, needing a monster the next day to wake you mm-hmm. i kept this going for years I, yeah, I wasn't That's really into monsters. probably why I have a chronic illness Maybe. <laughs> All the monsters you drank. Today is actually the first time I've actually drank the green monster. Bottoms up and the devil laughs. Like, I guess the other main thing as well was the clip-in hair extensions with the, the horrible, <laughs> like, the Claire's accessories. like The raccoon. The raccoon ones or, like, the leopard fruit ones. Yeah. Now, I actually, like, you don't only ever see kids. So, in, in Ireland, there is Central Bank. Which is literally a bank that is central in Dublin. But for some reason, we made that the home of, like, the emo kids. Yeah. So, like, I never hung out there because I literally wasn't allowed. But, like, I have friends who would go down there and they're, like, my chem hoodies and stuff. Or, and, like, or their Elliot Minor hoodies. Aww. And they'd be hanging out. And, like, you'd, that's where you'd see, like, kids with those clip-in extensions and, like, all, like, the band merch. And it was, like, they bought it just to go and go, sit and yeah. show it off. But it was, like, a cultural hub, nearly, of, like, all of these kids who'd hang out there. Yeah. But, um... The other thing that epitomizes emo is like the like face piercing. So there was like snake bites, snake bites, or like a lip piercing. Oh, that's all I wanted. I wanted one so bad. Lip piercing. And I remember being like nineteen or twenty and saying it to my friend Stevie, like I really want to get my lip pierced, and he was like, Courtney, you're not fourteen. <laughs> I, I was like, well, and you know what? He's right. I'm not fourteen. I probably can't get it done now. Yeah. Not just like no shade on anybody who has it done, but I feel like I I, I know. I'm glad I didn't do it. Same. I've always wanted a facial piercing. Yeah, I wanted my and nose done. And I got done. my nose done as like a compromise because I was like, I can't, I can't pierce my lip at this at this stage. I, I've gone past <laughs> it now. Again, no like shade to anyone who has it, but I just feel like I just, no, I just couldn't do it. No, that's why I got my nose done as well because I was like, it, this, it's something else I wanted. Exactly. I've done it. It's compromise. Um, I wanted like cartilage piercing so badly, like I thought that was the coolest thing in the yeah. world and how cool it looked when your hair was up. And even still now, I'm like, I'm so cool. Same, I have like all my piercings, like Phil, I, ne- I never wear earrings. And recently I'm like, do you know what? I'm so cool. I'm going to put piercings in all my holes. 
earrings in all my holes. <laughs> just putting things in her holes. That's the episode <laughs> title right there. Um, I do think, like, I still, at least once a year, get an urge to dye my hair, like, some, like, manic panic colour. Like, at the moment, I really want to dye my hair pink. You should. I, sh- I should, but, like, it's, it's in, like, once a year, and I mean, like, fucking clockwork, it'll seize me all of a sudden where I'm, like, I need to change my hair colour. And, like, I, d- I, don't, I don't keep it. Like, it lasts for, like, a week or two, and I'm, like, I miss my old hair. That's it. Like, I ha- I'm just over my hair being, like, bright orange. Um, I got, like, a wash-in, wash-out dye, because I, I knew I'd, like, do it, like, once or twice and be, like, I want my blonde hair back. Um, But it was it was nice. I really enjoyed the time me and my hair had together. Um, But, again, I'm 25. I'm ageing. I don't know. I had a lecturer who was like in her thirties and she had pink hair and she was the coolest person in the world. Oh, I feel like I could like I would I would like to be able to yeah. do it, but I'm just I would get to I don't know. I think it's a commitment. It's a it's 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 a big commitment. Yeah. Yes, and I would get too like panicked with myself. That used to be always the thing. I mean, it's not so much now. I mean, everybody dyes their hair, but like yeah. that was like the coolest thing when you go to gigs and stuff and you'd see these like kids with like blue hair. And you're like, holy shit, they're so, so cool. cool. <laughs> I had my hair every colour under the sun. Pink, blue. See, I would have thought purple, you were so cool. Red, orange. I've had it all. You did it all. I, I didn't. I dyed a black as well at one point. And Ooh, it was brave. I was, I looked ill. Because I'm so pale. I'm so, so pale. And then with the black hair, which is strange to me that I looked so ill. Because my hair is naturally dark like my eyebrows as you can see well Courtney can see you guys can't <laughs> I confirm she has dark they're eyebrows they're really dark so I was surprised but um yeah that was a mistake yeah no I was never allowed to dye my hair um oh. but think as well like the emo tattoos which were just like scatterings of stars usually yeah were like leopard print for some reason like you ever seen I can leopard print tattoo I've seen there's so many people I've seen that have like leopard print like shoulders or leopard print arms or whatever and you're like that is actually pretty cool um, but the stars, like this, just the yeah. stereotypical star. I'm glad I was afraid of needles when I was a teenager because <laughs> I would have a few disasters on me at the moment now. Yeah, I've, I haven't. I mean, I've still got ones that I'll probably get covered up, but they're not stars or yeah. ones other people had. So yeah. it's more just like, I gained weight and they've I still just, want to make a tattoo. You still want it? Maybe, still maybe want someday we'll get a kids from yesterday matching tattoo. <laughs> we get like a thousand subscribers. <laughs> so <laughs> so like seven years, I don't want to joke. We're not that far off now. We're not not too far at all. Um, I mean, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> if you want to help us get <laughs> tattoos that we're stuck with for the rest of our lives, that could be pretty cool. Then just tell your friends about your podcast. <laughs> We've had a lot of monster. We've had a lot of monster. We're not making any sense anymore. Um, my face hurts. So I think that is all we have for you this week. It is. So you can go and find the playlist for this episode will be up on our Spotify, which is separate to our podcast account. Um, so if you just type in Kids Me Yesterday, uh, you'll find our profile there. We have playlists to go with all of our podcasts. Um, there'll be songs in there from this episode that we referenced or mentioned. You can also find us on Instagram. We're at Kids From Yesterday Pod. Twitter, at Kids From Y Day Pod. And Courtney, what's your Tumblr? Kids From Yesterday Podcast at Tumblr.com. Perfect. No, not at Tumblr.com. <laughs> what's wrong with me? It's Kids From Yesterday Podcast at Tumblr.com. 
Um, we might post something from the book there. They had a how to write an email blog post, so we we might do that. Yeah, we can try that formula and see yeah, see, see what we come up with. <laughs> see what happens. See if it works. Maybe it'll make us more emo. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.